Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. So it is my absolute privilege to welcome Joe Mosley from Healthy Happy 50 to the podcast today. I first came across Joe on Instagram uh, probably a couple of years ago. It was just after I'd left the army and I was just setting up my own business and I immediately connected first of all with just these beautiful pictures of her out in the ocean um, and just talking about her love of the outdoors and surfing and everything. But then actually what I found I resonated even more was, was her message, which was around finding joy in the simple everyday adventures that she was having. And also that it's never too late to get started. And I just found that really inspiring. This sort of sense of joy in the everyday comes across whether or not she's doing her two minute beach cleans on, on her daily runs or whether or not she's become the first woman to paddleboard from Liverpool to Ghoul. Welcome, Joe. It's just an thank absolute you. pleasure to have you. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a huge honour and I'm very privileged and lucky to be here. So thank you. So I guess my first question, because I know a bit about your story, obviously, mm. having sort of followed you on um, the social media for a while. What was it that really inspired you to take up these, these adventures and, and, and um, focus on well-being? I just wanted a good night's sleep. <laughs> Literally, I wanted, yeah. So it was a while ago and it's not been like an overnight thing. So seven years ago uh, to the month, to, to May, I was standing in Tesco supermarket with my sons in the biscuit aisle and I just dropped the bags and I burst into tears and I sobbed <laughs> and that was how it started. And I just said, I can't cope. Um, both mum and dad were going through chemo um, at the same time. Um, I'm a single mum, busy with work and then and and I realized at the time that, um, sorry, I realized now, but at the time I was going through the early stages of the menopause, didn't realize it. So I wasn't sleeping. I was anxious. Life was just overwhelming. And a friend suggested that I do some exercise and she lent me an old indoor rowing machine. And she said, you know, she said, how much exercise did you do? And I was like, well, and really I hadn't done anything specific for maybe 20, 25 years. Mm. Um, having been really sort of quite active as a little girl, I, I just stopped. I was 48 at the time. She let me the rowing machine and within two weeks I was sleeping and yeah, so it was desperation. Everything I do mm. is making sure that I have a good night's sleep my whole life. <laughs> it's so underrated, <laughs> so honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's how I started, just um, indoor rowing with a very cronky old rowing machine. Amazing. And then how did it, how did it sort of build from there? So um, when my mum died uh, later that year, I decided I needed to do something in her memory. So I decided to row a million metres in a marathon on, on a proper indoor rowing machine by then. And so I rowed 10,000 metres every other night for eight months after work. Um, so I sorted the boys and then um, did that. And then and that really, that I did the marathon five days before my 50th birthday and on the first anniversary of her death. And that really said to me, you know, when times get tough and, and I deal, you know, I have anxiety and I have some really sort of worrisome moments and low moments, but exercise and sport um, or moving rather than sport really helped my well-being and I just solidified it. And so I then thought, right, well, what else? What did I used to love doing? And I used to love being in the sea and I, and, and I used to love just messing about on my bike. And I started just to do those things, like literally bit here, bit there. 
and then in 2000, and so that was 2015-ish, uh, and then 2016, I took my first paddleboard lesson on the 25th of September, 2016, in the Gosh. Lake District, and then my life changed again. Amazing. So, mm. Are there any particular activities that you find, actually, these are my go-to when I, when I need some headspace or when I need some time, or is it just a combination, do you think, of, of different things that you're doing all the time? That- uh, it's a good question. Um, I mean, for me, a walk helps, like literally, you know, and it doesn't have to be a hike. It can just be a walk, you know. Yeah. So for me, getting outside really helps. Um, paddleboarding is amazing, but obviously we're only just being allowed to do it now. Um, and so I, really any sort of moving, particularly if it's outside and particularly if it's near water. Mm. <laughs> They're my main kind of things that I really love. Um, you know, paddleboarding is, is like the, the cherry on the icing for me. Yeah. A walk is good. A walk yeah. is great. So just getting straight out there. Mm. You you talked about obviously the physical benefits yeah. that you found in terms of you know the sleep and increased fitness and that side of yeah. things. Are there any other benefits that you've experienced that you didn't necessarily expect when you started out, or that have been sort of a surprise to you? Yeah, I mean, I am an anxious person, and and going through the menopause just sent that anxiety you know through the roof. Mm. Um, and I would go from you know, a light bulb, a light bulb would blow in the house. And, and within two minutes, I decided that the light bulb had blown, but it was more than just a light bulb that actually the house needed rewiring. And, you know, I couldn't afford to rewire the house. So actually, we were going to become destitute. And that sounds really weird looking back on it. But if you say that to a woman going through the anxiety of perimenopause, a lot of them will say, yeah, no, I've, I've been there, you know, I drive to work and think I'd I would think I'd caused an accident behind me. And I obviously hadn't. I'm the slowest, not the slowest, but I'm the most cautious driver in the world. You know, if I see people on their phones, I'm like, you know, I'm so cautious and so careful. And I, you know, but I had just in my head, I caused crashes because that's anxiety just going off Mm. the scale. And so for me, it's very much about calming. And that is where water really comes in. You know, I can be anxious and worried and nervous and then I can particularly if I go on the water or in the water and that just really really calms me um it's like I described on a little film somebody did of me it's like I have these fireflies of red red and yellow fireflies in my brain and it's like having a piece of lavender cloth and it just goes on my brain and I just go so yeah the mental the anxiety and it puts stuff into perspective you know I can go out thinking the world's about to end or more like the world's about to end and it's actually all my fault and I'll come back and I'll think well the world isn't about to end and it's not your responsibility (laughs) so yeah put things into perspective hugely for me brilliant so it's in a way a way of taking you outside of that head or that moment where things feel really intense and that's that's exactly it it's it's taking myself out of that hole of worry and everything being about my it's not even that I think it's all about me it's I think it's all about something I've done wrong or it's all going to go wrong and it just puts Mm. it all into perspective and and I come back and and literally I can say I can can tackle that thing now so Mm. yeah well, and that's such a gift then to be able to find something that that does have such an impact yeah, it is but and often it's the last thing I want to do <laughs> when I get anxious my legs like root themselves to the floor and I just want to curl up and you know on my big armchair and not do anything and just kind of madly scroll through twitter looking at the same thing over mm. and again 
And so it, what I have to say to myself is almost, I almost have to parent myself and say, now, come on, Joe, that's really, you're not going to get anywhere doing this. You know, let's just go outside or let's just, you know, grab a weight and just move about or just put some music on. And it's about knowing what will help me. Mm. And if I've not done some of those things, a few days later, I'm feeling a bit low and I'm, and then I'm thinking, well, let's look what you did or didn't do. And I think, well, you just need to kind of just put that effort. Yeah, put, it is some of it is effort, but make yourself a priority again. Mm. You know, put that time in and say, you know that if you do this, it, it will make you feel better. So, um, well, I think a lot of it, and it's, like you said, and prioritizing yourself as well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really interesting that point as well, that it, in a way, it's not about avoiding those feelings, that those feelings mm-hmm. will come regardless. But it's yeah. about when you're in a place to be able to step outside slightly and go, yeah. There is, there is something I can do. Yeah, those feelings will come. I know that. I don't live in a permanent state of happiness. <laughs> I know a way to get to tap back in. It's not completely a mystery anymore. It seemed to be a mystery. It's like before, I thought that the, the happiness and joy was out there. And now I've realized actually it's inside. And I have certain routes to get to that insideness um, and that sort of feeling of summer inside. And moving and particularly around water is definitely one of those ways. But so is reading, so is being with friends. But this is something I can do for me, literally, just like, right, you just need to do this, Joe. Mm. So yeah, parenting myself. I'm just wondering then, was was that partly what inspired your choice of activity then for doing the paddleboarding last year and thinking, actually, I want to do something to raise money? paddleboarding is something that I really want to spend time doing what was what was the motivation because it's such a big adventure that you took yourself on I know um I actually had the idea to do it about two months after my first paddleboarding lesson oh wow Um, yeah I know I just have these like oh I'm just going to do this big thing and I know nothing about it but I I think the motivation to do it then was very much wrapped around if I do this then I know that um I have achieved something then I will I'll have more, not just confidence in myself, but I'll be prouder of myself. And I didn't do it because I told a chap at a party and he said, well, that sounds really boring and very difficult for someone like you and my age. I was only like 52. Um, Also quite logistically, you know, challenging how you'll sort it all out. So I kind of put the dream aside. But I started to realise was that my self-esteem wasn't predicated on my achievement it was already I was already worth something even if I didn't achieve something does that make Mm, sense totally yeah so I didn't have to do something in order to be valuable or worthy I was worthy anyway and if I wanted to do something a bit crazy then that was cool so it was like a different thing and so the original goal was to be the I mean I was the first woman but the original thing was I'm going to be the first person and I'm going to stand at the top and say to people or the end and say, look what I've done. I mean, I wouldn't have couched it exactly in those words, but there was that sense that I was looking for approval from outside. So if I did something cool, then maybe I could get that approval that I was seeking. And what happened in the intervening years with all my little adventures in the sea and doing things and being around people and being on podcasts and listening to podcasts and reading and realized I was already enough. And so the adventure turned into what can I contribute? What can it bring? You know, can I bring joy to me? But can I have a great time? Can I just share this? Can I fundraise? 
can I make a difference with the litter? So the motivation was very different. And so at that point, if some, when, when I decided to do it, there was nothing going to stop me because I didn't need anyone else's approval. That will ring, yeah, ring true to so many people. That I think I, I talked about it um, on a previous podcast when we were mm. saying the person who's most likely to stop you doing something yeah. is yourself and those voices in the yeah. head going, actually, yeah. who do you think you are? Exactly. If Once that yeah. self-worth is established and you don't need that external validation. Yeah. There was, so I decided to do it because I knew that my son would be going to university um, in the October so this was about January February last year and there was still right up until the point of leaving leaving Liverpool there was a sense of guilt that whole mothering guilt yeah you know, he was doing his A-levels was I being we would go for walks during all his revision and I try and talk about paddleboard the north as I called it go mum mum A-levels A-levels <laughs> um, yeah 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 sorry um but that's just his nature but there was a lot of guilt I got round. I had to get round. I had to work around that guilt of putting myself on the priority list. I had mm. to work around the guilt of thinking I'm a middle-aged woman. You know, who do you think you are? Why do you think that you should be able to do this? Um, you don't look like an athlete. You don't look like an adventurer. You know, all that guilt and doubt. There was a lot of guilt. And I look back and think, why? Because, well, we're just brought up to think that, oh, mm. you know. I'm 55. It was, you know, women should always put everybody else first. Um, so um, that was a hard thing. But but I didn't feel it had to be about the achievement of it. It was about the journey. And I just, um, I say something, we're making a film about it. And um, one of the things that I said is, if nobody knew about what, what I was doing, if nobody clicked a like on an Instagram post or said well done if the papers weren't involved if the, the BBC hadn't asked me for footage if nothing about this was outside just me and my family and the people I met on it would I still do it and the answer was I think you know with no exaggeration a thousand times a million times absolutely I wanted that journey personally everything else was amazing and I loved and you know I was grateful for all that wonderful community and connection but in my heart the journey was the thing for me that extraordinary sense of being on a canal for 11 days just doing that thing was um if nobody ever knew about it it would still have been amazing and I think that's the test of it really for me anyway no absolutely I think yeah you've said it that that actually it was about something for you and that mm -hmm. Yeah, N not needing the rest of it somehow yeah. free. It sounds like that somehow freed you yeah. up to be able to really embrace yeah. it and, and yeah. go for it. The funny thing, isn't it? When you don't need it, but you just take it all on board. But yeah, you just kind of let it all out and you just say, right, I'm just going to just love this. You know, yeah. I'm just going to love everything about this and lean into all the difficult moments. And I guess you do, you do allow yourself to have the bad days because you know, that that's still okay to have the bad days mm. and recognize that. So, yeah. yeah. Sounds amazing. So, so given, you know, you, you've done this incredible journey and you talked about a few of the sort of things, the projects you've got in the pipeline. I'm just wondering, have you got ideas or ambitions about what you want to do next? Or is it that, like you said, that was one thing that you really wanted to do and you're going back to, you know, you've always got things in the pipeline, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, slightly, slightly changed at the moment. I, mm. um, for me personally, I'd like to paddleboard along the Yorkshire coast um, because it is so stunning. Mm. Um, but that obviously would require backup um, because it's much more 
challenging on the sea. Um, and obviously at the moment that'd be quite tricky. So I would really like to do that. Um, I'd like, it's just something I've been thinking about recently. I used to do a lot of diving in my twenties. Somebody looked at me and said, oh my God, I never knew that about you. And I was like, yeah, no, I forgot about that really. But um, I love diving and I'd love to dive again. I dived a lot in Scottish waters and I love that. And wow. um, yeah, that's where I learned to dive. Gosh, um, you're very brave. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's just really, really beautiful. But I saw mm. a little video on somebody's um, Twitter today of um, snorkeling. And I thought, you know, I just would really love to do more snorkeling. Mm. Um, so anything really to do with the sea is my mm. core, core water, canals, rivers, the sea. And I would like to become a paddleboard instructor. I know what it feels like to feel broken I know what it feels like to think that you have nothing to offer the world I'm divorced I've I've had some miscarriages and um you know grief has overwhelmed me with my with my mum um dying so I know what it feels like to think that there is no joy there is just a nothingness and I also know what it feels like to stand on a paddleboard and think you are Wonder Woman um and I felt that the day I stood up on the paddleboard for for the first time. I didn't, I did feel it when I finished um, Paddleboard and all, but I felt it simply by standing up that first time. And I know those two feelings and I want other women to have that second feeling. Um, I can't control whether they have the first and they don't have to have that as a prerequisite. Mm. But, um, but I know what that feels like to, to stand on something and think I am just having the best time and I'm calm but energized and I'm uplifted and I'm confident and I'm a little bit scared but it's okay and I want other women to have that feeling and so I would like to become a paddleboard instructor and take women out have like retreats and we'll do some stretching and we'll do some you know chatting about visualization and self-talk and we'll have some really lovely plastic free food and you know and just have that community and have everything that I've gained I want to give that back to other people, uh, mainly to women. Um, so that's my goal. So for me personally, paddleboarding on the sea more, a bit more snorkeling. It's not great snorkeling in the North Sea because mainly you can't see anything. Like, <laughs> no, there is that. So I might have to go somewhere more snorkely and uh, to be a paddleboard instructor and give other women that experience. That's what I would like to do. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds like it would be an amazing gift to give as well. Yeah, I'd um, love to. And with snorkeling, I want to be able to like, or diving, you know, pick up litter from the seabed. Mm. For me, that would be when, when you're paddleboarding and you pick up litter and you're out at sea and um, or in the bay where, my, where I paddleboard, where my dad lives. You know that the, there's every chance you're the only person that will see that piece of litter that day. And you can make such a significant difference in a, it's a small thing to pick it up but you you know you contributed um and I love that it's like wow I can you know in a world where you feel that there's no difference you can make actually that is a really good way of making a difference and I think snorkeling and diving and taking stuff from the seabed is is even more like that it's like you know I have this skill and desire to go under the water and if I can pick up litter and you know wow how lucky am I to do that so I've just had a new dream. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's been in my head. It's been in my head for a while. And I've mm. kind of it on Instagram on other people's posts, but I'm just voicing it there. Uh, I'll have to retrain and find the money to retrain <laughs> diving skills. It's just like, oh God, I don't know oh. how much it's going to cost. But yeah, stuff to do with the water, just but sharing with other women, I think yeah. is the key for me. For me personally, anyway. 
Awesome. And so imagining your future clients on your, on your paddle boards and picturing that they're at the very start of learning about living more adventurously or, you know, starting their journey. What's, what's the one piece of advice you would give them from everything that you've learned so far? I would say to start small, to start today and to start just as you are. Mm. I think a lot of us think we have to be you know, I, I've heard people quite genuinely say, I want to lose weight before I go to the gym or I want to lose weight because I teach Aquafit. Mm. You know, well, I come to your class, but I don't feel confident in a swimsuit. So when I've lost weight, then I'll come. That I want them to know that that doesn't matter. Who they are is absolutely enough as they are already. And I don't want them to miss out on joy and feeling good and a good night's sleep and confidence because they think they have to wait until they're ready and then just you know build upon that and look for something that brings you joy um and carry on and if you do something and you think yeah this isn't bringing me joy anymore (laughs) you know find something else you know obviously people are limited by their finances and their circumstances and i get that it's not so like I'm thinking about, I really love an electric bike, but I'm thinking, oh my God, how am I going to afford that? You know, so mm. can't just, we can't all just go out and start something fresh, but um, within the constraints of what people can afford and their circumstances and their childcare and all that stuff. Yeah. Start small, start just as you are and start today and just do it for the joy and then you'll do it again. Very true. Yeah. I love that, that idea of actually find something that brings you joy and then, and then yeah. start with that. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been oh, amazing goodness. talking to you. If it, I'm conscious that I could talk to you for probably for hours about all of this. Oh, <laughs> anytime you want me back as a filler. <laughs> That'd you know, be fantastic. We, we need to talk more. And people want to find out more about your journey or what you're yeah. up to next. Where can they go to find you? Probably the best thing is um, Twitter or Instagram. Um, so it's healthyhappy5050 and healthyhappy50.com. I am going to kind of revamp my website. So we'll see where that goes. I might have to update you on that. And then hopefully uh, sort of later on this year, we're going to um, be launching a film about the adventure. So I can, I can come back and tell you about that. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> That's a very good reason to have you back. Um, as if I needed definitely. one. That'd yeah. be amazing. Thank Thanks so you. much again, Joe. Lovely to speak Thank to you. you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. It was genuinely such a pleasure to speak to Joe really hope you enjoyed listening to that um, interview as much as I enjoyed taking part in it. I think the one thing that really strikes me, and this came through for me so much in the interview, and it's also comes through in, in Joe's social media post, it's about her willingness to be vulnerable and to share her story and the really, real difficult and challenging parts of her story, but at the same time combined with such strength that as she talks about finding that joy and that sense of purpose inside rather than looking for external validation. Um, and for me, that's that's something that it's a real gift that, that comes through. And one of the things that has always struck me about Joe when she when she's posting about social media, she takes her time to elevate and to um to expose, put out there other people's, um, whether it's products that she uses, whether it's um, the two-inch beach clean that that she takes part in, um, all of those things, she's constantly shining a light on other people. And it's this desire to not only find that for herself, but to to try and inspire and and to allow access to other people um, that really, for me, shone through in our conversation as well. So, 
Really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to know what you thought. So please do reach out to me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Resilience at Work, um, or come and join us in the Everyday Adventure Club over on Facebook. Um, but other than that, I'd love to see you again next week for another episode of the Everyday Adventure Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Bye.